this episode was made to explain Myth of the Mound Builders narrative. We talked a bit about, in the episode, Monk's Mound and other North American mounds. Which is uh, Season 4, Episode 1. When Europeans first arrived in North America, there were thousands of large earthwork structures, or mounds. Early Europeans would not believe Native Americans created these grand structures, which they absolutely did. Instead, Europeans gave credit of their creation to pretty much anyone else. There are still people today who give the credit to beings from other planets. (laughs) My name is Laura Taylor, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Hook. Hi there! Who actually won't have a whole lot to say in this episode. I'm just, I'm reacting to this just like you are, people. Welcome to Digging Deeper with the Ancients, our first supplemental podcast we're recording. Doesn't mean it'll come out first, so I just thought I'd say we're recording it first. Yeah. Myth of the Mound Builders. Despite the preponderance of archaeological evidence that mound complexes across North America were the work of sophisticated Native American civilizations, this rich history was obscured by the myth of the mound builders, a narrative that arose to explain the existence of the mounds. Unfortunately, early archaeologists played a large role in diminishing or even eradicating the achievements of pre-Columbian civilizations in North America, just as the U.S. government was expanding westward by taking control of Native American lands. The splendor of the mounds was visible to the first Europeans, but they thought that the indigenous people could not have built any of the great earthworks that dotted the mid-continent. So the question then became, who built the mounds? Early archaeologists working to answer the question of who built the mounds attributed them to the Chinese, Vikings, Welsh, Hindus, Phoenicians, the lost city of Atlantis, and various biblical figures. A widely touted theory assigned authorship to Scandinavian immigrants, who later picked up stakes, moved to Mexico, and became the Toltecs. It seemed that any group other than the indigenous Americans could serve as the likely architects of the great earthworks. Like, really? Atlantis? In Middle America? Kukuka. <sighs> Steadily rejecting these possibilities, scholars then coined the term mound builder, mound people, and mound culture to refer to an unknown race who once inhabited the land, built the complexes, and left, never to be heard from again. The Native Americans, it was claimed, then arrived and took the land, or perhaps even conquered the Mound people and took their land, which helped justify European colonial land theft from the natives, as they were supposed to have done the same to these other mysterious people earlier. The impact of this narrative led to some of early America's most rigorous archaeology, as the quest to determine where these mounds came from became salacious conversation pieces for America's middle and upper classes. The Ohio earthworks, such as Newark earthworks, 
a National Historic Landmark located just outside Newark, Ohio, for example, were thought by John Fitch, builder of America's first steam-powered boat in 1785, to be military-style fortifications. This contributed to the notion that prior to the Native Americans, highly skilled warriors of unknown origin had populated the North American continent. This was particularly salient in the Midwest and Southeast, where earthen mounds from the archaic Hopewell and Mississippian time periods crisscrossed the mid-continent. These landscapes and the mounds built upon them quickly became places of fantasy, where speculation as to their origins rose from the grassy prairies and vast floodplains. Just like the mounds themselves, the tales of the origins of the mounds were often based in a fascination with antiquity and architecture, as ruins of distant past or as natural manifestations of the landscape. When William Bartram and others recorded local Native American narratives of the mounds, they seemingly corroborated these mythical origins. According to Bartram's early journals, published in 1791, the Creek and the Cherokee who lived around the mounds attributed their construction to, and this is in quotes, the ancients many ages prior to their arrival and possessing of this country. Bartram's account of Creek and Cherokee histories led to the view that these Native Americans were colonizers, just like Euro-Americans. This served as one more way to justify the removal of Native Americans from their ancestral lands. If Native Americans were early colonizers too, the logic went, then white Americans had just as much right to the land as the indigenous people. Now, obviously, we know that the more modern people only thought they were. Now, obviously, most people now know that the early Native Americans were killed off. And, I mean, we did cover it in the podcast on Monk's Mound and the early and the other Native American mounds. But they passed their histories on orally and without the elders passing who passed the histories on, the stories were lost over time. Right. So they they weren't conquerors. They were the original owners of the land. They just didn't know how it got there. Yeah. The creation of the myth of the mounds parallels early American expansionist practices like the state-sanctioned removal of Native peoples from their ancestral lands to make way for movement of new Americans into the western frontier. Part of this forced removal included the erasure of Native American ties to their cultural landscapes. It wasn't until 1894 when Cyrus Thomas of the Bureau of American Ethnology a civil servant appointed by the United States government to settle the matter, authoritatively declared that the mounds were the creation of Native American peoples. Since Thomas represented the view of the government, the matter was then officially decided, but few efforts were made at this time to preserve the sites or return them to the descendants of the indigenous nations who had built them, many of whom continue to regard these sites as sacred ground. In the 19th century, evolutionary theory began to take hold of the interpretations of the past, as archaeological research moved away from the armchair and into the realm of scientific inquiry. Within this frame of reference, antiquarians and early archaeologists attempt to demonstrate 
that the new world, like the old world, could boast indigenous cultural achievements, rivaling those of Europe. Discoveries of ancient stone cities in Central America and Mexico served as the catalyst for this quest, recognizing new world societies as comparable culturally and technologically to those of Europe. But this perspective collided with other anthropologists and social theorists, such as Lewis Morgan's 1881 text, Houses and House Life of the American Aborigines. Morgan argued that Mesoamerican societies, such as the Maya and the Aztec, exemplified the evolutionary category of middle barbarism, the highest stage of cultural and technological evolution to be achieved by any indigenous group in the Americas. By contrast, Morgan said that Native American locations in the growing territories of the new United States were quintessential examples of Stone Age cultures, unprogressive and static communities incapable of technological or cultural achievement. These ideologies frame the archaeological research of the time. Then there was the theory of the vanishing Indian which is a myth history of the 18th and 19th centuries that depicted Native Americans as a vanishing race incapable of adapting to the new American civilization. The sentimentalized ideal of the vanishing Indian, who were seen as noble but ultimately doomed to be vanquished by superior white civilization, held that these vanishing people their customs, beliefs, and practices must be documented for posterity. So, documented, but not returned to them. So, even when you look at, even when they were looking at them as if they were actually people and important. During the last 100 years, extensive archaeological research has changed our understanding of the mounds. They are no longer viewed as isolated monuments created by a mysterious race. Instead, the mounds of North America have been proven to be constructions by Native American people for a variety of purposes. Thomas Jefferson was one of the first to excavate into a Native American burial mound, citing the disappearance of the noble Indians, caused by violence and the corruption of the encroaching white civilization, as the need for these excavations. Greater recognition of the importance of the mounds began only in the early part of the 20th century after amateur archaeologists such as C.B. Moore in 1852 to 1936 began excavating sites removing artifacts and publishing their discoveries. Laws were then instituted to protect the mounds from looting, but as many were on private lands, there was nothing authorities could do. Private citizens then sometimes purchased the mound sites to preserve them, later turning them over to their respective sites' government, and these have increasingly become archaeological parks dedicated to the preservation and deeper understanding of the great mound cities and ceremonial centers of the First Nations of North America. Today, some tribes, like the Mississippi Band of Choctaw, I apologize if I said that wrong, I really have no idea how to say that, view these mounds as central places tying their communities to their ancestral lands, similar to other ancient cities throughout the world. Native North Americans venerate their ties to history through the places they built. However, as you'll know from our mount, from my Monk's Mound podcast, 
a lot of mounds were destroyed and many were was on purpose. Whether it's because landowners didn't want their land taken away from them, if it was just to expand city towns and roads and things like that. And how many of these mounds and the land around them was actually given back to the Native Americans? I'm not sure. Now, I do have Simpson's reference for this because it's the same reference as um, I used for the Monk's Mound, but I can go into a little bit more detail because now we're talking about all the mounds and this was a burial mound that they found. Monk's Mound wasn't a burial mound. So the reference is from season 15, episode 12. It's called Millhouse Doesn't Live Here Anymore. And it's when Milhouse moves away. And so Bart is really sad and starts hanging out with Lisa. Well, they discover an ancient Native American burial mound. And they decide it's going to be their secret place. Now, inside the mound are a variety of cave paintings and pottery, along with a skeleton holding a traditional pipe with arrows surrounding him. The arrows even have traditional chipped obsidian heads. While this is nothing like a real burial mound, they at least did put a little bit of effort into the cave art and the arrowheads. Yeah, so yeah, I was—I actually paused it and was scanning over the whole thing, and you can't tell what type of arrowheads they are, but they're obviously well, obsidian mean, arrowheads. Ones. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> well, just remember my uh, my episode on the Clovis people, my. I had trouble finding a Simpsons reference because there was there's a type of arrowhead in North America that is called the Simpson arrowhead. <laughs> so I don't know. These these could be Simpson, they could be Clovis points, they could be anything. They are obsidian arrowheads. Well they're though. definitely Simpson points. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that's just a a short supplemental one, which we might do more of in the future just to sporadically drop them in between seasons. So we don't have as many best of because we did have a long break there. But sometimes you just need a break. (laughs) Yeah. We got to get more content for you guys. So that's why we take those breaks. Or this break that we're in right now. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And if you need to get a hold of us for anything, uh, Instagram and Facebook, Digging Deeper with the Ancients. Uh, Twitter at Digging Deep Pod or email at Digging Deeper with the Ancients at gmail.com. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you next bye-bye. time. Bye bye. Bye.